Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. You know, it's interesting when you start out on a brand new path. It's rocky, it's shaky, you don't really know where you're going to wind up, but in, in the kingdom of God, we're not moved or led by opportunity. You know, I was three years in the ministry when I find out, found out that there's literally websites that people go to to apply for jobs in the ministry. I was like, you're kidding me. You can apply for it? I didn't know that. There's a salary and benefits involved. I like... I ran out the front door with nothing but a Bible, you know what I'm saying? I was like, you mean there's a job search for that? I was so, I was like shocked, offended, and like, I was like, I could have just been hired on somewhere. But it's not the same, you know, when you're running with something new. And it's Mother's Day. Anybody in here that has ever been a mom, you go through the birthing process. Step one, you're super excited when you find out. Or maybe you're nervous when you found out you're pregnant, wasn't expecting that one. And everything's going to change, and you know it's going to change. And now you're looking at life, and you're busting with all of these expectations and hope or planning or vision. It's causing things to look new within your, your life, and you look ahead. And honestly, it's the same way as anything when you start in ministry. You, you have nothing but you have this excitement and an expectation that things are going to be awesome. You're going to produce something. It's going to be life-changing. It's the same in business when you start out in business. And we do this all the time in our lives as we start something new, birthing something in our lives that we've never birthed before, where you start out with this wild excitement. This is everything's going to change. Maybe it was a job or a career change, and you're like, this is it. I'm going after this. It's going to break way into the things that, that burn within me, that, that bring excitement. We do it when we birth something in the realms of relationships. Been single many years. Maybe you were even divorced and went through that pain, but it's like now you're about, you feel the stirring and you meet someone and it's this expectation that this could be the one, you know? This could be the one. Investments. Anybody that's ever invested. Multi-level markets. You sit in that class, you're like, I am going to have a Ferrari in six months top. It bustles. And I'm, I'm encouraging you with this because the first thing you got to do is actually capture that and stir that up. Because the world is full of people that are wet blankets to come and put out any joy and any excitement you have that you could make a difference or things could change or you could change your stars. You can. God is with you. And if God is with you, who can be against you? Amen? And that's how it is when we birth something. Moms, you know. But then what happens is that baby grows and gets closer to delivery as discomfort comes. Agitation comes. You know, waiting and waiting and waiting comes. You know, the, the term we use in the scripture for waiting for patience is long-suffering. It's very effective in its definition, right? We don't need to Google long-suffering to know what it's talking about. We've all been there, you know what I'm saying? That's a fruit of the Spirit, long-suffering. But it is. It's where you're working in it, and you know, I'm not there. I can't get there right away. But I have to stir within me the expectation and the faith to keep moving day by day to get there. And I'll get out of the discomfort. Because when you start something new, when you're birthing something and you launch out, it's exciting. But even when you did a career change, now you don't know what you're doing in your new career. Now you feel un, you know, unqualified. You can start a new relationship and you realize this person has opinions. And they differ than mine. You know what I'm saying? This person spends money. And I... <laughs> Didn't know that about them. It's the discomfort part. But if you stick it through, then you get the joyful beauty of birthing something alive that's, that's vibrant, that new birth experience. And when we launched in the ministry, you know, I've learned a lot of things. 
throughout the years of 10 years of, of serving the Lord on our own. And we say 10 years on our own because it's one thing when you are drawing a salary. It's another thing when there is no salary, there is no support, there is no website, there is no scheduling partner, there is no administrator. There, it was before Siri was even really functional. So I didn't, you know, when you're like, I'll have my secretary get back to you. And then you dial them back and be like, hello. <laughs> this is Pastor Caleb's secretary. Why do you sound like an 88-year-old? Shut up. People would always ask for your business card, and I never had one. And I would always feel like, I need to get a business card. Then I got one, and no one ever asked for it. I still have like 3,000 business cards at my house. Someone asked me for one just the other day. I was like, it's been years. No one cares about what my business is or if there's a card to prove it. Well, I'd say this when you're starting out. First thing you got to do is know what you're going after. Get something before you that you feel is God-given, that stirs within you expectation and excitement. And go after that thing. And don't let the cares of this world, don't let facts, don't let reality interfere with dreams. You got to dream big, because if you don't dream big, small dreams have no power to move the hearts of men, which means you won't even move your own heart to action. If you dream small, you'll never go anywhere. But if you dream big to the point that it's dangerous and scary, it, it elevates within you. You have to switch into the attitude of faith. Amen. I can't get there. And it humbles you because you're like, I'm dreaming beyond myself, which means, God, you have to help me. Right. you got to stir that within you. Set something that you're going after. What are you believing God for? I've heard one great preacher say, if, if you ever find yourself in life that you can't clear, clearly define what your faith is being used to go after, then you're not ever going to advance in the things of God. That there's always at any given moment we should have before something that our faith is being pulled from within us to say, this will come to pass. I will see this happen. I will break this through. I will work on me. I will do what it takes. I will sharpen myself. I will do what needs to be done to get where it burns within me to arrive. Amen. You have to have something. Set a mark in life. Even Paul said, I forget the things behind me and I set the mark, which is the prize of the high calling of God. That's where I'm going. He knew what he was going for. Paul was not going to build missionaries or support. Paul was going to pour his life out and do as much as he could knowing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offend, I'm going to anger, and I'm going to preach with all demonstration until one day someone takes me out because he's my prize. He gave everything. That's why I said I poured my life out like a drink offering. There are too many people, you're not pouring your life out at all. You're just letting life happen to you. It's time that you take faith, the attitude of faith, and grab a hold of each tomorrow and today and say, I'm going to make something happen by the Lord in my life. Amen. Amen. Set your mark. How can you even go after something if you don't know what you're going after? I came from a line of entrepreneurs, and my granddad was, he started the Ford dealership in my hometown, still thriving today. So we were like a dealership family. And I remember my dad sitting with me and he said, Caleb, whenever you buy a car, before you walk into that dealership, you need to know, do your research and know what are you comfortable paying for that vehicle. Go do the math and find what can you pay. Know what you're comfortable paying at the end. Know what you're comfortable paying per month if you're doing a, a thing. Because my dad, I remember he said, he said, because otherwise, how will you ever know if you get a good deal unless you've identified what a deal is to you? And a lot of people, they have anxiety going into negotiations because they don't even know what they're trying to get out of it. And if you don't know what you're trying to get out of life, you don't know what you're going after, then it's very easy for the enemy to distract you. And there's a lot of people chasing their tails. There's a lot of people that God had great callings for that they never fulfilled it. And I, for one, purpose in my heart, God, I don't want to miss what you want me to do. Now, not everybody's called in a full-time ministry. Thank God. You know what I'm saying? Thank God we don't all have to be traveling preachers going all over. But there is something that God made you for that, 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 that will fulfill you, that will, that will challenge you, that will cause you to rise 
to another level than you've been at your whole life. You've got to set the mark. What are you going after? What burns within you? What brings you excitement? What, what as, as at our last Kingdom Business Fellowship we talked about, what angers you? You look at the world today, now think about it. You know how many passionate politicians get in it? Is something bothered them so much that that's how they got into what they did. So what agitates you to the point that you're like, someone needs to do something? Well, then you're that someone. Amen? Amen. And let that be the, the guiding force of your life. The guiding force of your life should not be, I, how much money can I earn in this? Where, what is the paycheck? Does it have dental? Dental is ridiculous. It doesn't cover anything, okay? Let's talk about it, people. I have dental insurance. Okay, it'll still be 3000 What? What does the insurance cover? Nothing. Nothing at all. We'll bill them too to make another 3000 out of it. Yeah, I should have been a dentist. Speaking of which, I knew dentists made a lot because one of my friends growing up, his dad was a dentist. And every time I went to his house for a football game, we got to order our own pizza. That to me was like the epitome of wealth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I came from like redneck Tennessee where it was like Little Caesars $5 day was pizza day. When they were like, pick what pizza you want, we'll order your own. You're like, what? <laughs> and they're like, this one's your box. I was like, after that, I'm there for every game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I'll watch lacrosse. I don't care. What's it? What's it? And as you start and see what happens is you can look. That's why you should look at the things going on in the world. Look at people that have, that have gone places. Look at things outside of your world. Because it's like if you just stay within your world, you're not going to see everything. So many Americans have never even traveled. They don't even know the reality of the world. The world is to them everything. And I grew up in small town Tennessee. That's all anybody knew. But you did what your fathers did, what your grandfathers did, and it was like a move of God for you to get out of that city. No, seriously, I have like a group of Facebook friends of like 10 of us that actually made it out of our hometown. And all of us are doing great things. Because just as long as we could get out of that little rat hole, we could do something with our life. Anybody in here broke out of a rat hole before? Praise God. Welcome. You did step one. Amen. You got out while the getting was good. You go back to that hometown, they're still doing the same thing they did in high school. Like, grow up, bro. I am. I can see you're bald, and I can see you've lost your teeth, but you're still doing what we did in high school. You're actually still trying to pick up a high school girlfriend. That's sick. Seen it. I'm not making these things up. You get stuck. Don't ever let the enemy get you stuck in life. Have something you're going after. Have it so big and so scary that you have to pray. Like, God, help me or I'm going under. But at least I'll go under big instead of small. And then remember as you start life that you are unique. You're not like anybody else. Ever. You can have simula similarities to someone, but you will never. God has never copycatted a person ever. You're talking billions of people and everyone is handcrafted from the Father above. He is the potter, you are the clay, and no one will ever be what you are. No one. Say, well, what, what is my value? Your value is you are priceless because you're the only one of you that will ever be in the great timeline of life. All the way to eternity. Through eternity, billions of people will know you and know who you are because you are that unique. Right? Some of us are weird. The Bible calls us peculiar. Weird just means out of the order or out of the ordinary. I would rather be out of the ordinary any day. May I be the weirdest one in the bunch? I am too. I'm like a redneck geek slash preacher slash when you do the female brain, male brain, half of my brain is female. And I'm like kind of ashamed about that. Like I want a, I want a full masculine brain, but I can kind of see what the ladies are talking about right now. I can both go in blank screen mode and have pop-ups. I can do them all. I'm like multi-talented. Like, which Caleb are we talking to right now? You're unique. 
And that was something that I had to really go through because a lot of advice given to you is given from the perspective of you, your story is like mine. You are like me. You're doing what I do, so do what I've done. And there is wisdom to gain from people that have gone ahead, but you have to understand you are not them. And what works for some people does not work for you. And if you don't grab this, then you wind up doing too much of what you're not good at, which burns you out and you'll never go anywhere. Amen? Amen. Anybody in here ever had to spend your whole life doing what you're not good at? It sucks. <laughs> right? You're unique. When, when Saul tried to give David his own armor, it was a great suit of armor. Saul was called to be king. David was called to be king. But Saul's armor did not translate to David's kingdom. And though you try and take it, it's not going to be the same. Each generation, too, I've noticed. Because I've noticed how many people from former generations, and not to bring up a sore subject, pick on me for skinny jeans and ripped jeans. Bro, we live in Florida. The more rips, the better. It's called air conditioning. You should try it sometime. Just because you wear pants that look like barrels. And you've had the same filled and stream button-up shirt since 1992. Does not mean you get to attack me because I got flavor. I got flavor. And it's like, that's the thing they'll attack you on. Yeah, yeah, you just reach, maybe you should learn how to dress. Maybe you should. <laughs> you haven't bought new clothes. Never mind. <laughs> Sore subject, sorry to bring it up. Just still dealing with a little trauma this week. Posted a picture of me with a broken toe, and like everybody, all the older people are like, well, you need to get new pants. Well, you need to get another Facebook. Bye-bye <laughs> now. Just for that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip more jeans up. <laughs> and you know why that is? Why do people do that? Because they want you to be like them. Right. I've noticed that a lot of ministers struggle to hand over the keys of a ministry to the next generation for that reason. They can recognize the anointing on a person, but the person is not them, and so they hold the reins. And then what happens? It seizes the power of being multi-generational. It dies with the preacher that started it. And I don't think that's God's plan. God's plan was that things would multiply each kingdom. But it's they're always looking for them. You'll never find you. So if you're unique, embrace your uniqueness. And that means you're going to have to explore your own life. Right? How do you know what you can do until you've tried it? People are like, I'll never eat that. Well, eat it. You might like it. The Bible says, eat whatever they put before you. People are like, I, don't, I only eat cheese pizza or chicken wings. Well, number one, that is like the most unhealthy diet I've ever heard of. My God, how are you still alive? Number two, I've ate the weirdest stuff. Fish eggs, fish eyes. They hand it to me on the mission field. I'll eat it. Most of it, most of it's not that bad. Some of it has made a little bit of a gag reflex. But the moral of the story is adventure in life. you got to explore you. I was terrified of public speaking. So if I never let things push me to where I had to stand in front of a crowd, then I would have missed out on a major part of my life. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. If I couldn't talk in front of a crowd, what would I be doing right now? There's no telling. But it's like you have to adventure and realize some things that scare you Scare you because that's your target. Some things that are like intimidating to you, you can either be intimidated by your whole life or let the spirit of faith rise up in you and realize, I'm going to take that giant's head. I'm going to not let something intimidate me. If you know it's intimidating, it's your target to take it out. Right? And you've got to explore things. You've got to really just stretch yourself out. You've been doing what your parents have been doing for six generations and you feel empty on the inside. You shouldn't live a life feeling empty on the inside. You should live a life each day full of joy and excitement because it's a day the Lord has made and great things are in store for you. Recognize that you're unique. You are one of a kind. You can do what no one else can do and other people can do a whole lot more than you can do. So that's another part of uniqueness is recognizing I can't do everything. 
And so stop trying to do everything in your life. That's why God gives us a body. That's why God creates the local church, which is an army. I mean, you look at, you come to one of our Kingdom Business Fellowships, anything you need done on your house, there's someone in this church that does that. I mean, flooring, roofing, whatever, custom bathrooms, drywall, drywall. People do drywall, and they're good at it. I do drywall? Bro, it's so bad. You just got to spray the whole thing with bubble spray just to try and get it. It's like, there's no talent. And it's, you look at it, you're like, this should be simple. Uh-uh. No. These guys are artists. Let me tell you, Van Gogh's got nothing on a drywall, man. Van Gogh just did splotches. It doesn't even really look like stars. Drywall people got to make that thing butter smooth. Just so you know, you're unique, which means you can't do what everybody else can do, but you can do what other people can't do. And if you never found that, you've never found the thing, the shoe that fits, find that thing, explore that thing. Do not live 30 years of your life slowly dying. Live your life being renewed with fresh life each and every day. God calls people to many different things. I remember when my dad, he went to Bible school just like me, married my mom, was going to go into ministry, and then he had a prayer moment with the Lord, and he said to God, he said, you know, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do, but I love farming. Can I do farming for your glory? And the Lord was like, you can do. I gave you that because you enjoy it. And I remember I was on TV at TBN where they, you know, put makeup on you and all that stuff to be on there. I look at the video today. I look like a Barbie, like a Ken doll. It's terrible. Like, my gosh, I'm so airbrushed. But it's like after the interview on, on TBN, I was busting with excitement. I, I loved it. It was like both nerve wracking and exciting at the same. You know that moment where like your heart's just like and you're like nerve sighted. And uh, I was like, Lord, is it OK that I like this? And the Lord, the Lord said to me, Caleb, I want you to like what I've called you to do. So follow the desires and the excitement in life and you'll find what I have in store for you. God's dream for your life, like any mother, like any father, was never let my kids have the worst, struggling, boring life ever. It's let yourself dream and do great things. God has great things in store for you, but you've got to recognize that you have to find that story, and He is the author of that story, and you have to take step one. Set a mark, take step one, know you're unique, and stop trying to do everything. And then along the way, Recognize the importance of each day. People will literally have dreams that they will talk about for 15 years and never take a step towards it. You know what the Bible says about that? An unfulfilled dream is what, what does it say? It's a, say it. Huh? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Yeah, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So an unfulfilled dream is like a sickness upon your life. And I've met a lot of people in the body of Christ with huge vision that never, ever move at all at it. And I'm not trying to be critical, but even when we launch as pastors, it's like everything, I was like, man, we're going we're gonna to do this, we're going to do that, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And I met so many pastors, and they were launching at the same time to go to different cities. And I said, so what are you going to do, what are you going to do? And it was like, they all were like, the Lord's just going to blow it up, this is going to happen. But they never got a plan, and they never took a step one. And so many of them are not even pastoring today. In seven years, it took out ten of my friends. Why? Because you can't just dream. you got to capture today you got to recognize that in today, I might not be where I see myself, and that might take me 20 years, but if I don't start with something today, 20 years will go by and I will not be there. It's not guaranteed to happen just because time passes by. It's guaranteed to happen for the person that grabs life by the horns and says, I'm going to make something happen today. Today matters. Today matters. This past week when I broke my toe, I had to lay up with my foot Lifted on the couch. You know how agitated I get? I mean, it's like both, yes, I'm relaxing. And then part of me is like, but I just, I just should be advancing. I should be doing something with my life. My God, forgive me, Lord. I'm like repenting for not advancing because my foot's up. And I'm like, I'm sorry, God. Heal it and I'll run. I'll run. And look at it. Hey. 
capture today. Don't wait your whole life and never make a move towards it. Say, man, I've been dreaming of starting my own business. Well, stop dreaming and start the business. Just start whatever. You know, Ralph Lauren, I like to wear his shirts. People say, why do you wear so many of his shirts? Because they're wrinkle-free. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not complex. I'm not a complex person, okay? I take it off the hanger and I can wear it. And those ones that have to, you know, iron, they're just sitting in my closet forever. Get to that one day, right? Ralph Lauren started because he had a dream. He had a desire for a clothing company. He started importing Italian ties. You're talking as a 17-year-old kid on the streets of New York City and started selling ties on the streets of New York at 17 years old. And within the first 15 years, built up Ralph Lauren to be a global, global clothing company from ties on a street. People say, how do you get there? Well, you have to start with where you're at and do something. And God can't breathe on it until you've done something. People are like, Lord, breathe on my dream. Well, then put your hand to a plow and let God make that plow be what it needs to take you forward. Amen. Capture today. Do you know, I've, I've said this a few times, but in Genesis 17, when the Lord spoke to Abraham about the fulfillment of his promise and the things to come and everything in place, the Lord said, now today, as a covenant of this promise, I want you to circumcise every male. And I say this a lot because really, this is something that I would chew on. <laughs> right? Like you're in your prayer closet and the Lord's like, hey, take it, snip. You're like, okay, Lord, we're going to, let's just, let's fast about this for a little while. Let's move into, let's get some counsel, some previous people that have gone ahead of me. Let's, let's consult with doctors. Let's, let's pray into this. Let's lean into it. But the Bible says, Abraham, that very same day, it says it three times, that very same day, snipped them all. I mean, like before you can even talk yourself out of it, snip, okay, next. <laughs> My God, when I read that, that stirs within me because I can per procrastinate, you know what I'm saying? Why do today what you can put off till tomorrow? And I'm not saying I'm perfect. If you go to my house, I'm really good at finishing a job to 98%. You know, like I said, we're unique. There's that person that sees it through to 100. I'm not that guy. Okay, I am comfortable in the 90s. Give me 90s, I'm done. It works. The water flows. Okay, let's do it. The knob's not on there. Just throw a vice grip on it. God, picky. But you have to capture today. Today matters. If you realize that where, what you do today will determine your tomorrows, then what do you want to go to? As I said, start, what are you going after? Well, then what does it look like to get there? You say, man, I've always wanted to be a medical doctor. You'll never be a medical doctor staying at home watching ER. <laughs> you never will. I want to be a pro football player. You'll never be a pro football player watching Tom Brady play. You have to go out there and do the work. And I would say that's the biggest thing. What is it? Uh, Gloria Copeland said that uh, uh, fa uh, lazy people are not faith people. You can't be lazy and expect God to bless your laziness. You have to do something. Amen. And I will say this about the Lord. God does accelerate your efforts. If you go out and do your very best, God will multiply it. When we first started here, there was no money, no budget, no nothing at this church. And we've always made souls a priority. And so we said, you know what, Easter, we're going to go after the harvest of souls. We're going to believe for many people to be saved. And so we were like, let's go after it. We, we summed all the church money we could put together. We put it into this. We got advertisement. We're going to go after souls. We're believing God. We're going to build the church. We're doing this thing. And like our graphics and everything. Well, a church larger than our size in our city so took our graphic package and literally took the same package, slightly turned it, and then started advertising in the same papers as us, on billboards as us, and we had 10,000 eggs, and they were advertising 70,000 plus eggs. And we were like, great, God. Like, that's not even fair. These people have been going for 50 years. Of course they can get 70,000 eggs. You know, like, where's, uh, where's the, the family that comes in with, like, 37 kids, you know, start stuffing? 
So we have 10,000 eggs, and I remember saying to the Lord, like, we, we, we don't have, any, well, this is our entire, this is what the church has. We can't put another dollar in this thing, God, but we're going after souls. Do you know the weirdest thing happens? A church right here, 70,000 plus eggs, but the Orlando Sentinel doesn't call that church. They call our church. And they were like, hey, we heard you're doing an awesome Easter egg hunt. We just want to highlight you. They got the information and put us on the front page of the Orlando Sentinel for free. So we had absolute, the best free advertising you could get on the front page of the paper. And we had, I mean, hundreds of people show up at that Easter event. And it was like, then I heard, and I'm not trying to be mean to the church, but I heard the church that had 70,000 eggs, they were trying to get rid of those eggs for months. <laughs> they didn't have enough people to get the eggs. So they were like, they've never done that ever since. But you know what? More eggs is not the answer. Let the Lord bless the efforts of your hands, you know? And from that, there was a purity. We weren't trying to beat a church. We were just trying to go for souls. So who did the Lord highlight? The person that was going after you have to capture today what can you do today man i want to do this well what can you do today that gets you there right what can you do what is it you need to stretch and challenge yourself for what areas of your life are you not there at i told the lord and i've told our staff i know where we're at for the next three years as a church we're debt free we're going to a bigger property it'll be 20 plus acres hopefully It'll be a huge facility, but I said what we are responsible for is not getting that facility. We're responsible of growing and stewarding what the Lord has given us so that when we get it, we're ready for it, Amen. right? What does it look like when God gives you that? What needs to be in place? What, what staff needs to be there? What administration needs to be there? What ministries affecting the community do we need to build for to justify the Lord's increase? Does that make sense? So you capture today. What can I do today? That I need to do that can make tomorrow yield greater fruit. Know this, that every time you see a successful person, someone that has dominated in life and, and, and broken barriers, that they have 24 hours a day just like you. They have energy crisis. You, know, you talk to Americans. What does every grown-up American always say? Like if you have a supplement that increases energy levels, everybody lines up for that, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why you can go to every Wawa and the energy drink aisle goes on as big as the beer aisle. It's like you either want an upper or a downer. You pick. <laughs> That's how we're, because we always, you always feel tired. You know, it's that, 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 that feeling, your flesh is always like, Ugh, uh, like a bellowing cow. Uh, shut up. Sometimes you got to tell your flesh, leave me alone. I'm going to go after something today. I'm going to produce something today. And when I lay my head on my pillow, I'm going to sleep well because I did something that I felt was effective today. The most frustrating thing is when you lay your head down and you feel like you spun your wheels all day. You know what I'm talking about. Anybody know? You're like, I didn't produce anything today. I can't stand that feeling. I'm like, I'm going to do something. Capture today. What can you capture in today? And then number four. Learn in life to calm down from time to time. Because what we do is we get, we let problems grow so big that we talk more about the giant than the God that empowers us to take the giant out. You got to learn that every problem that comes down the pike of life doesn't require you to talk about it 24 7. Amen. Amen. Social media has just turned into a hotbed of everybody just talks about every problem, you know. They'll tell you what the problem is. It's this, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. There are a lot of problems. But you've got to learn to just calm down in life and stop finding giants everywhere you go. Stop gearing up every day like it's just it's going to be a constant battle and realize that the Lord is the warrior king that goes ahead of you and fights the battle. Amen. Not every problem that arises in your life do you even have to fight for. I've learned that many problems that come at you, if you just keep doing what the Lord has told you to do, God will actually take care of the problem that you thought you had to take care of. Anybody testify to that? 
when Elijah was running for his life because Jezebel wanted to kill him, the Lord didn't take him into a cave and say, here's what I'm going to do with Jezebel. The Lord didn't even address Jezebel. He gave Elijah vision for his life, saying, you're going to go and you're going to anoint Elisha and you're going to anoint Jezreel. That's it. And then because the Lord knew, I'm going to throw Jezebel straight out a window and the dogs are going to lick up her blood. You don't have to deal with every problem in life. Thank God for that. Amen. And on that story, don't let other people's problems become your personal problems. Right? You got people that's like, man, you let everybody's problems come on you. And then before long, you're just like, ah, I can't move. And you think that that's not a thing. Then why is Telenueva a thing? Why are soap operas a thing? If people don't like taking other people's drama in, why do these things exist? Me more. They exist because there's a part of you that it's like, it's like the soulish realm loves problems. Give me problems. Before I got saved? No, this is, this is retarded. I literally was sitting with a person and we were comparing how miserable our life was. No, we were literally like trying to want, outdo one another about whose life was the worst. No, 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 no. I don't, you don't know your mother. I know my mother. Not knowing a mother is better than, no, I mean, you're just trying to make problems. Because what it is, is you want a pity party. You want every excuse to recognize. You want the world to recognize you have had the hardest dealt hand, and therefore you don't have to advance. We should just give you a handout. But that's not the kingdom of God, and that's not faith, and that's not your portion. Come on, somebody. Realize, man, in life, calm down. Some problems will literally disappear. Many giants will be taken out, and you will never have to raise a finger. It's not like the five, see, David got five stones. It only took one, but really it didn't even take that. The Lord was the one that fought the battle. The Lord will take care of things in your life. Calm down from time to time. Don't make every problem be bigger than it needs to be. Amen? And don't think that you have to fix everything right away. Some problems are worth ignoring for a little while until you know how to fix them. Right? Anybody in here ever, like, if you get agitated from all the things, I, even now where we're at as a ministry, there are things that I know need to change. It's not like I'm wondering what needs, I'm like, oh, no, we got to sharpen that, we got to do that. But it's like you can't do everything at once. Right. You have to just keep going, keep going, keep going. And a lot of those things in life, those are relationships that God's going to graft into your life that will bring what is needed in those circumstances anyways. Yeah. So timing matters in the kingdom of God right? If you don't think timing matters, then why did Goliath come out every day and taunt the children of Israel over and over and over and over again, but he never attacked? Because his destiny was to just sit there and taunt and to die when the right man finally came up. That's what the kingdom of darkness has. Their destiny is to taunt and die when the anointed one steps on the battlefield. Goliath never had power. Everybody's terrified of him, and all he can do is go out there every day and be like, I'm Goliath, I'm Goliath, I'm Goliath. Yeah, you're going to die too. The bigger the giant, the bigger you fall, right? That's it. So timing matters. He was literally held. He can't do anything. Your problems that you think are going to take you out, everything coming at you, give it to the Lord and keep moving forward. And God will empower you or he'll take care of the problem for you. But one thing's for sure, nothing can take you out in Jesus' name. If you believe that, shout amen. Amen. So don't focus on the negativity of life. Too many people focus on negativity. Too many people plan to fail. Too many people plan. Like people people would always say, what's your plan B? What's your plan? I never have been a plan B person. Ever. I have one plan. And if it doesn't work out, I just pray it until it works out. Amen? Or get over it and move on and get a better plan. But I'm not the person that's like, well, we're going to try for this, but if not, we can hit this. And if we can't do that, we're going to try and at least do that. And if the Lord's good, you know, we can do this. Have a plan. Stick the plan. Calm down. Work it. And enjoy life is the fifth thing I've learned. Enjoy your life. Do not choose misery over joy. 
When I was when we moved to Hawaii to start a hot dog vending cart business, it was a brilliant idea. Don't judge me. You just you're just sad that you never started it. Right? I sold a hot dog to John Locke on the on the Lost Show, and he was my least favorite character. But at least I sold him a hot dog. I was on the North Shore of there, and we're living in Oahu, and we have this. And so I buy a car, and I pick up my wife from the airport, and the transmission blew the first day I pick up my wife. It cost us $3,500, and this was, this was, like, rough. And, I mean, I felt that familiarity of just misery, depression, heaviness that wants to come on you and just be like, yeah, I just don't, things never work for me. Other people always works out, but never works for me. You know, where you want to go to. And I felt that coming on me, and then I was like, no, I'm going to take advantage of this. I can't work. My truck's broke, so I'm going to go to all the beaches with my family in Hawaii. And you know what? I'm so grateful we did that because we didn't last very long in Hawaii because <laughs> it is expensive, and hot dogs just didn't really earn enough money. But that week has gone on to be one of the greatest weeks of my life when one of the thing that really basically broke our back financially to where we couldn't recover and we couldn't get into a place in Hawaii after kind of going through what we had to set up the business and repair that. But that week, phenomenal. So enjoy life. Choose enjoyment over depression or stress. Enjoy your family. Take time to, to stop and realize life is about the enjoyment because what we do as people as we started out, we're going for a mark. I'm believing for this. I'm seeing these things. They burn within me. Anybody, a, a person of vision, understands that life has a degree of frustration attached to it because you can see way beyond where you're at. So there's an agitation that provokes you to keep moving forward. But a lot of people get so focused on that target that it's all about the goal. And when they get there, they feel unfulfilled because life is not about the destination. It is about a journey. It's about the purpose of today is pulling the people you love close to you and embracing that, that moment. Getting out of the box, going and doing something that is fun and enjoyable sometimes. So enjoy life. Do not let the devils sap the joy of your salvation out of you. Love this life. It's a gift from God. Amen. If you believe it, say amen. amen. It's a gift. Every day is a gift. What do you want to do today? Some days you've got to call in well. I'm, I feel too good to go to work. It's too beautiful. I mean, do, do that to your boss and just see what they say. They'll probably be like, you know what? I think I'm coming with you. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I'm blow this popsicle stand. Let's out. <laughs> I'm saying I worked way too many days. To, 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 I'm going to go have fun. We live in Florida. Grab a kayak, go down in the river, get in the water, go fishing, go golfing. Golf will ruin a good day. <laughs> Man, enjoy it. Go out and golf, and you'll be ready to work the next day. You're like, man, just get me back in the workplace. I hate golf. Except for that one shot. Everybody knows. In one round, you got that one shot, and you're like, that was, that was Tiger Woods all day long. <laughs> Called it. Mm. That's why we come back. Enjoy life. It is a gift. If you're miserable, nothing will be enough for you. If you choose misery, misery is never fulfilled. Choose to be a cup that is overflowing, not a cup that's even half full. To maintain your joy, you have to keep your vision ahead of you, and you have to remind yourself regularly of the testimonies of what God has done. Amen. That rocked my world when I saw that. And actually, going into today, I told the Lord today, I was like, just, you know, broke my toe, frustrated. There's a lot coming at us. And I was like, Lord, I could really use encouragement. The moment that started, I'm like, <laughs> Like, it's worth everything, right? To know, man, I, people, have been, people are eternally saved. Because we said yes and walked away from all comfort of life to go after the great unknown. And who would have known? Well, that was like supernatural. When you hit the bucket, the light flickered. Try it again. Could be one of those life hacks, you know? It's like, woo. Then sixthly, steward well. You know, a lot of guys are anointed preachers, but they don't make it in ministry because they spend what they get. And they go, they just give it, they spend it all. They never get discipline on finances. And a lot of people in life, you can earn a lot of money and never acquire wealth. 
And the American culture and American society has taught us how to spend money and not how to multiply money. And it's something that it's like brutal. It's like an emotional upheaval, brutal treatment of yourself to teach yourself, how do I acquire wealth and multiply wealth? How do I steward what God has given me? Is that good? You have to steward stuff. You can be anointed and preach and the power fall and everything, but if you can't get things like you can't steward and get a structure behind you goes back maybe you're not good at it so that means you know day one i need to get someone that's good at this to be the backbone of what i'm doing and you look at it billy graham was one of the most successful ministries or not the most successful ministry of his time they said that their ministry preached the gospel to over one billion people in grand total from television and crusades one billion people and as his ministry blew up, Billy Graham wrote down the Modesto Manifesto where they spoke about, we will keep finances open and clear and steward it well. And they appointed someone that ran the finances of the ministry from the day they blew up all the way till Billy Graham went home to be with the Lord. Financial management and we will never, all the men in the ministry will never be alone with a woman, not one time. They were like, we do not care. If they get on an elevator and we're by ourselves, we're walking off of the elevator so that there can never be a scandal that comes on our ministry that we, that we, we fell in that way. And they did it. And look, the, the longevity of what happened. People will criticize you. People will come against you. People will try and push you to do these things. Steward what God gives you. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you what, the, what, what happens is what I learned is that there's a pool to always, man, every outreach has got to be bigger than the last one and bigger than the last one and bigger than, it's like, it's the same as a drug addict chasing a high. I got to get bigger. I got to go bigger. I got to go bigger. I got to go bigger. No, sometimes you just got to actually keep doing what works, right? right? Okay. It's not as fancy as the last one, but it's stewarding and you're actually growing and multiplying and God's adding and things are happening. You don't always have to overextend yourself all the time. Steward what God places in your life. Steward your time well. Anybody in here felt like you've wasted time? I felt like I've wasted time. And I'm like, Lord, that's the one resource I can't get back. God, give me wisdom to steward my time. Steward your energy levels. Come on, anybody in here just, yeah, like we talked about, you wear yourself out. Now you've, yeah, you've done a lot, but you're so worn out. Now this thing that matters, you know, Billy Graham, even when they did large-scale crusades, I've never heard of this, but they said that his ministry would send him away for three months before a crusade. I mean, no wonder the guy made it. for. If you got three months of vacation every time, book another crusade. <laughs> right? I just feel we need to do three crusades this year. Yeah! <laughs> And he would, he would walk in the mountains of North Carolina and spend time with the Lord and pray. And just like, you know, you can go to the Billy Graham Library today and see it all. It's, it's amazing. And just so you know, the Lord blessed Billy Graham. He passed away as a millionaire. It's not like the Lord didn't increase him for his efforts and reward him for what he did. He preached the gospel. He was upright in all of his dealings and the Lord rewarded him. But it's like recognize you have to steward steward your time steward your energy and steward wealth you cannot just spend everything that comes in because people are like man it's like i just the devil's attacking my finances no he's not you are attacking your finances your credit card's attacking your finances right all your monthly subscriptions are attacking your, your car with an 800 dollars a month payment that's attacking your finances right now you could have got a pinto Which I recognize how difficult it is to get. I know. You, you just have to steward things. It goes back to, I can't just spend everything all the time and just expect it just to get a breakthrough. You shouldn't live in 911 situations your whole life. If the Lord is going to increase you, part of the increase is recognizing how to steward what God places into my hands. If God is a God of multiplication, because even the moral of the story of the five talents, the two and the one was that God gave according to their ability. What is their ability? The ability to manage what comes in their hands. And the one that he gave according to a great ability with five multiplied and made five more. So you want God to increase you. You want to get this vision. You want to see this great thing come to pass. Well, you're going to have to do what it takes to develop yourself to stop spending everything. To not run yourself ragged. To not stay up to three in the clock in the morning when the next day you have a six o'clock business meeting. 
Uh, young people this day and age, I mean, I'm like, look at the time. We got people dragging in here for worship. Uh, you knew. You had to be here. This was not like new, you know, we just, it was like, you got to learn that discipline. You know what I'm talking about? Because when you're young, you don't think about these things. But the problem is, is some people don't think about them as they grow up. Now you've grown up, but you're not mature. You're still immature. You have to steward your time. How is my time allotted? Am I doing things that are productive with my time or not? Steward what God gives you. And then lastly, let your life be one that goes down to serving God and serving other people. Serve God, serve people. You know, the quickest route to, to, to misery is to try and serve yourself. The quickest right to a place that, uh, a route to emptiness is to try and fill yourself. You will never be able to fill yourself. It, we use the term burnout. Burnout is actually when a person has just turned their focus from what they're doing for others back to themselves. And when you begin to focus on yourself and try and fulfill yourself and love yourself and self-love and self-care and self-feed, you actually it's empty. It's an empty cycle. It's not fulfilling, but when you pour out and you give to another person and you give to another person and you pour out, there's fulfillment in that. It's like as you pour out, there's refreshing that comes upon you. He that refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Proverbs, serve God and serve others. What are you doing with your life? Life, if God has made you a multimillionaire, what, what can you do with it? Think about the blessing of God upon your life to pour out and develop something that could be generational blessing to people. You feel called to ministry. Ministry is not. If you go into ministry with the mindset, let me build a name for myself and have a title and a platform, that will be so empty. Because yeah. you can preach to large crowds, but there's no fulfillment. Even when I started the ministry of all that I went, I never saw the crowds. When I would look out, it would be five people to a thousand people. Whatever it was with the Lord, I never saw crowds. I would see faces. And there would be people that the Lord would highlight to me. And it's like I would just see their face and I'd be preaching to that person the whole time and go home and cry in the hotel room thinking of that person, Lord, give them a breakthrough. And that's like I don't even know them, but that's what I would lock on to. And I would fast. I'm talking like crying out in the hotel room, Lord, bring them back to the meeting tomorrow night. Lord, give them a breakthrough. And some glorious things would happen, you know. You'd see just, man, these people you prayed for and prayed for, they don't know you. You don't know them, but then last night of the, of the week-long revival, they come forward and the power of God gets them totally wrecked and they're hugging you and you're like, Jesus, this is what it's about. It's not about the next city. It's not about a preaching clip. It's about lives. It's about serving God and serving others. That is the best way you will feel, feel fulfilled in life is to look back and see fruit that is not just in my own life. Amen. It's not what I intended to preach today. I actually had another message that I preached in the 9 o'clock, but the video wrecked me. <laughs> so I just kind of flowed with it. Amen. Every head bowed this morning and every eye closed. I know it's getting late. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.